My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Ron and Anian. And I found some sludge, some debris in the screen. Not necessarily debris, just, you know, schmutz. You know what schmutz is? You got to be from New Jersey, New York. No, it's not. Tom's looking at Tony. No, it's not Tony. That's another word. The car doctor. Make sure you're using good quality stuff because as simple as you may think your vehicle is, nothing's that simple anymore. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines once again. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor at your service. More information at cardoctorshow.com. Podcasting at TuneIn, iHeart, iTunes. All the good usual places. Usual good places. Good usual places. Same thing. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Same as you. Anyway, here we are at 855-560-9900 to take your calls and answer your questions. And uh, we look forward to another lively hour of exchange about automobiles and the problems that you're having with them. So please feel free. Give us a call. And keep in mind, if you're podcasting this radio show, you don't have to, you know, we don't have to be live in your market. We're Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. And you can call 855-560-9900 and either leave a message or call us during show time. And we may not be in your market at that point. You may be on an affiliate taking it on delay. You may be in a podcast. You may be in the south of Australia. And, uh, yeah, we have callers there, too. We have listeners there, too. And, um, you know, we can talk to you about your car problem. It doesn't matter. So feel free to pick up the phone. Some repairs take a long time. Did you ever notice that? I do. Some repairs take a lot of research. 2008 Chevy HHR. Been fighting this battle for about two and a half years now. The car will go about 15,000, 16,000 miles and then warp the front brake rotors, no matter what we do. Haven't been able to resolve it. It's not, it's not in the hubs. It's not, it's not a bearing issue. It, they dial indicate. Everything dial indicates nice and pretty. And the only conclusion we can come to is because it is an HHRLT panel version, meaning that it carries weight, is that the braking system is under capacity. It just doesn't quite meet the limit. And the owner is, the owner is well, he's normal, he's rational, he gets it, he's not trying to kill it. And I don't believe he's putting concrete block in the back of this. He's a cabinet maker, and he's putting kitchen cabinets and those kinds of things in there. And it's not that I believe he's really overweighing the vehicle. Had to do the brakes again this week. And... You know, pretty much the same things I've been seeing. Part of it is part of this problem has been that the brake rotors are delaminating and just rotting away. And I blame that on the the use of the chemicals we're putting down because if we get one snowflake, we get 14,000 tons of of calcium chloride in that one spot because we have to kill everything, even though we're in all-wheel drive, traction control, self-driving, self-motoring vehicles, um, which is kind of ridiculous at this point in the game. But I do notice that the rotors are, are delaminated, and this time they were really bad. The inside face was not only delaminated, but it was also grooved. It had three specific grooves in it. I don't know where the grooves came from. I'm thinking it was the compound of the brake pad itself, but they were clearly beat up. 
And then an answer came in sort of an unexpected way. I had ordered replacement rotors, and the catalog wasn't clear. I didn't notice it at first. Uh, The catalog description was additional fitment, additional fitment rear. And I took that as the rotor part number I was using was meaning that it would also work on the rear of the vehicle. No. The, The description in the catalog was such that when it said additional fitment, it meant that on a four-wheel brake rotor vehicle, these are the rotors you would use. Well, long story short, the rotors that I ended up using, or the, the, the first set of rotors that were wrong, were better than 20, almost 25% bigger in diameter than the rotors I was putting on. And I sat and I thought to myself, why is that? You know, why would you make something bigger on a four-wheel disc car? I, my understanding has always been that a disc brake car, by virtue of design, a disc brake system is more efficient than a drum brake disc brake system. And therefore, it doesn't need to be, you know, it doesn't have to be made bigger just for that reason. Or is it because it's a performance application? And is, is that more of what they're trying to accomplish? And I didn't have that answer, and I still don't have that answer. I will tell you this, that some repairs take longer than others. The back brakes on this HHR are adjusted up. We put a fresh set of rotors on it, changed the pads, lubed everything, put everything in its place, used some nice silicon uh, stick them on the slide so that they'll work like they're supposed to. And, of course, obviously it went down the road and they were fixed. Now, for the time being. The interesting thing to me was not just the size of the rotors, but the fact that I've been through four major brands of brake rotor and I've yet to find one that works. So obviously it's the vehicle. Could it be the prop valve? I don't see how. The vehicle stops normal. It doesn't nosedive. It it stops square and straight. You know, were the rear brakes out of adjustment? Yeah, a little bit. Um, there was a problem there. They they were slightly off, but this car in the last since it hit the sixty to sixty five thousand mile mark in the last three years, this car is cooking rotors every fifteen thousand miles, and um, I'm watching things very carefully, trying to sort it out. So it's not always that easy, folks, and it's not always that clear cut, and that's the whole point here. Sometimes it's a process, and it just takes time to get through it. You just got to have the I guess the tenacity, you got to want to get through it. It's um, Someone once said to me that the, the important part about fixing cars is you have to want to fix it. And you know what? I never forgot that. That was a lesson from a mentor early on. And um, it's true. It's like anything else in life. You got to want to. And I always think it that way. You got to want to. Otherwise, you're never going to. And um, we'll leave it there. Stay tuned. I'll keep you updated as it goes along. 855-560-9900. You're on with Ron and Annie in the car. Doctor, let's go over and talk to Jerry in Westchester, 04 Jeep Grand Cherokee, and some banging going on. Jerry, welcome to the car, Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I have a 04 Grand Cherokee Overland. Okay. That has the uh, dual uh, climate control. Okay. So after I shut the engine off and the ignition off, and I just found this because I have had the was browned by the car, all of a sudden I hear clicking, like the the door activators are closing. Right, they're still moving. They're, they're still moving. Right. And I had done a reset on it, trying to think maybe I had to reset the the control unit, but I'm still getting that noise. My impression of that, generally when I see that, Jerry, if memory serves me correct, it's been a while since I've seen an 04, 
is that it's the actuator itself. The actuator is looking for home and it can't find it, and it's 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 trying to self-adjust itself. Um, you know, have you do you have any access for scan tool technology or anything like that? Can we, yes, I do. Can you can you self-drive the actuators and see if they'll sweep and report back with accuracy? You know, I could probably see if my uh, my scan tool can do that. Um, you know, there's also they've also had some problems with this. You know, there's there's common problems with broken actuator. I mean, if you're researching it, you've probably seen this broken actuators and broken linkage and uh, um, creating problems like that too. They had they had more than a few problems with these with these assemblies. As a matter of fact, Chrysler issued a new subassembly for the actuators a ways back that allowed you to replace them, uh, linkage and all, linkage housing, the whole schmear. Um, the bulletin you may want to read, I don't know if you've seen any bulletins yet, but the bulletin you may want to read is 240210. 240210, okay. It, it, it talks about this. It talks about a new heating ventilation uh, subassembly to replace the blend door or the recirc door components. Now, keep in mind, to, to do any of this, um, I hope you like, you know, I hope you got tenacity, young man, and uh, yeah. you got some gumption because you're going to pull the dashboard out to do this. So, okay. Yeah. I had gotten the uh, blend doors. Uh, uh, there was a kit that you can cut through and right. have uh, change that. That kit was put in right. with new actuators probably right. about a year or two ago. Okay. Um, yeah, and, you know, it may be, you know, I, I like those kits. I'm not crazy about them. In the case of this Jeep, I'd probably use them myself just because it's it's a, it's a lot of work to pull that dash cluster off. And, you know, the argument can be made that on some of these dashes, you're pulling the dashboard off on, at the time it was 10, now it's 12 years old. And how many plastic things are you going to break <laughs> trying to, right. you know, trying to take? So, you know, where's where's that balance? It's it, it becomes that um, if you can, if you cut through to get to the actuators put on, you know, if they did the kit, then chances are, I bet if you open up the glove box, you should be able to see one of those actuators on that side. Is it coming from the right side or the left side of the dash? It sounds like right from the center of it, like almost from the uh, right behind the uh, the control unit itself. Why don't you just for giggles, because maybe it's neither one, why don't you open up the glove box, take it down off its hinges? You can probably see around or maybe with a mirror. Maybe you can see in there what's going on before you um, absolutely open this up and go any further. But uh, I would tend to think it's the actuators trying to find home, so to speak. Now, keep in mind, this may not be temp-related. This may be... Uh, door position also, you know, defrost, vent, floor, etc. So, does it do it in all positions of of no, of all the of it, all the choices? It's odd. It only does it from when I shut the car off, and the car has been sitting for about a minute. That's when I start hearing the noises. Well, no. By that I mean, does it do it when you? Um, you know, is 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 the air conditioning, is the heating system off? Is it in a specific mode? Is it to defrost? Is it to vent? Uh, no, no, it's usually off. It's off. It. It's off completely. Mm-hmm. Then I'd want to know keys out of keys out of ignition as well. No, no, not the car. I'm saying that, but the heating system is off. Oh, it doesn't uh, doesn't. No, I noticed. I haven't noticed. I've ran it through its cycles for the other ones, and I haven't noticed it with anything else. Okay. Okay, so so in other words, you've got the heating air conditioning system off. The car's driving down the road. You shut the car off, and a minute later, it starts to make the banging noise. Correct. 
from the actuators? It sounds like it, yes. Okay. Then you've got to verify it. All right. Okay. Um, you know, that's that's the next step. Uh, I'm not saying it's 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 not likely. It's very likely. I've seen a lot of strange things, and usually in a case like this, it's they're trying to find home position. So, but I would be willing to bet you might be able to see something looking in through the glove box. Um, you've got to be able to see something. How did they put the kid in? If they didn't take the dash out, if they took the dash out to put the kid in, then <laughs> you know had had what was the point in putting the kit, right? Well, Right. Uh, the blend doors were uh, were bad. Actually, I had uh, brought it to you. Oh, I know who this is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So what, that was a while ago. My gosh, was that, that three, four years ago? Probably uh, uh, three, four years ago. Yeah. yeah, probably about three years ago. Okay. And I had gotten the engine rebuilt and transmission uh, as well. Right. So. Yeah. Who, who ended up doing the engine in that for you, Jerry? Uh, uh, it was down at Eddie's um, down in South Jersey, and um, can't think of the name of the town now. It's it's amazing how far you had to go to get an engine rebuilt, isn't it? There, there was no one else around that was doing it, and at least when I talked to him, he would do he would pull the engine, take everything out, put it back in together. Right. And you know, I had talked to him a while back because it was it, it, the same thing. You know, you're trying to find someone that's good, good with it, and. Uh, he convinced me, you know, he was showing me everything he was doing with it. He balanced the engine, um, and he stood by it. They, they had gotten the trans rebuilt, um, and it ended up at the uh, valve body crack, and I had to bring it back down to him, and he stood by it. He, they, uh, he you know, he pulled the trans, put it together, new trans put it into it as well. So. You, can't, you can't ask for more than that. Start looking at the actuators here, Jerry. i got to go. I'm up against the clock. But start looking at the actuators. I'm betting you've got one that's not finding home. And um, if you need me, call me. All right, sir. Take good care. 855-560-9900. We're back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car doctor. Rolling along this hour. Let's go over to Brad in Colorado, 04 GMC Envoy. Brad, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi. Um, I've got a 2004 GMC Envoy XL, and I have a really weird um, intermittent noise that kind of goes. And, um, you know, I, I've swerved to see if that does something. I've hit my brakes to see if that does something. And it doesn't it doesn't change, but it's real intermittent. Like today, I've driven eighty miles and it hasn't done it at all. Um, do you hear from the front of the vehicle, back of the vehicle? It's it seems like it's from the back. Left left side, right side. Yes, left side. When you when you hear it, have you tried gently? Keyword gently applying the parking brake. No. You know, obviously, I, want I, you, uh, I I could do that. Yeah, I just, you know, I want you to be a little cautious how you do it, just because, you know, putting the. Park- I've never even turned the parking brake on before, but right. Um, yeah. I'll, when it when it does it, I'll I'll slow down and and try that. Well, you know, the only thing I'm thinking about is is there a rust ridge on the inside of the rotor face where the shoes are sitting, and is the rust ridge yeah. getting so pronounced that now it's. You know that type of a That's sound. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, and is it is it that, or is it the is it the dust shield? You know, there's a dust shield. If you put this up in the air and look, 
there's a dust shield that ha- that protects the inner face of the rotor from road road harshness, road salt and debris and yes. so forth. Um, is it that shield uh-huh. that has rotted away, and every once in a while it kind of rubs up against the rotor, and you know because how 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 blistering rusty are the rotor and the shield? Okay. Okay. Um, I'd be. Well, I bought this. I bought this used, and it's got 187,000 miles on it. Right. And I'm not sure where it's from, but it seemed like it might be from a. Um, you know, a salty climate or something, because right. I took the taillight off, there was some rust in there. Yeah, the rust belt. So, you know, have you, yeah. do, you have, do you have access to a lift, Brad? Can you can you get it up in the air and see if you can Yeah, I could take thing? it over to my buddies, and we could put it up there. You know, I would, yeah, and I would, I would just, like I said, I would be looking at that dust shield. I would, you know, and obviously when I tell you to put the parking brake on, do it slowly. Oh, uh, I understand. I'm know. not going to. Yeah. Yank on it. Yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to yank it. Listen, because you know that's. I'll tell you what. That's how I learned how to drive on snow and ice. Somebody took me out to a big parking lot when I was a kid, and I, uh-huh. they said, "What well, you know? You turn in the direction of the of the skid." And I said, "Well, we're not skidding." They said, "We are now." And they pulled up on the emergency brake, and the back end came around. Let me tell you, I learned how to drive on snow and ice real quick that day. Um, it was a good. Well, that's how I kind of learned how to drive on snow and ice too. Is yeah. going out in the Grants parking lot in Ypsilanti, Michigan, <laughs> on an icy, icy parking lot. Yeah, welcome, well, well, welcome to the driving population, right, brother? Uh, it makes yeah. it interesting. So, yeah, and while, you know, one other, go ahead. I've got one other problem with it. Go ahead. Um, my, my air conditioning right before summer hit, it quit blowing out of the, um, you know, air conditioning holes, and the only way I can keep it cool is um, put it on you know, defrost and and um, and blow out by your feet, and it's it's got one of those um, you know individual thermostat uh, control units. So this has this has automatic temp control. Yes. Okay. This has automatic temp control for left and right side. Yes, sir. Okay, and um, you're saying it only blows out through the defroster ducts. It only blows out through the um, heater ducts on the floor and the defroster duct up front. When you know, you, once you get it cool, it's not bad, but... Right. When you get it to your buddy's shop, have him pull some codes out of the BCM, the body computer and the HVAC system. I'm thinking you've got an actuator door issue. Then give me a call back and let me know what the results are. I'm Ron Anini, the car doctor. We're back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car doctor, 855-560-9900. But you knew that, didn't you? That's the 24-7 number we've had all these years, 855-560-9900. Give us a call. Leave a message if we're not here. We'll get back to you, put you up on air, talk to you about your car problem. Speaking of car problems, let's go over to talk to Joe in Tallahassee, Florida, 07 Chevy Silverado, I guess that is, and uh, some detonation problems. Joe, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Yeah, I've got the truck that... uh 2007 bought it from my uh, stepfather okay and it's got high miles it's got like 230,000 miles on it one of the first things I noticed when I got it last year was if I put 87 in it it would detonate as soon as I tipped in on the gas some light detonation right now I've strictly run 93 in the truck and it does help but when the 
if I kind of get in the gas or put my foot through the headlight, as you like to say, um, when it hits about 3,000 RPMs, it'll start detonating heavy. So I've kind of, you know, just quit driving the truck hard, kind of babying it. But listening to your podcast, I thought I'd give you a ring and see what you thought about it. Automatic or stick, Joe? Automatic. Okay. There's a document, and, you know, I'm going to tell you to go through the normal diagnostics, you know, spark plugs, heat range, misfire issues, look at fuel trim. I'm going to tell you to go through all that, and hopefully somebody's done that. Uh, you know, no no conversation about ping and detonation would be complete. Also, unless we talked about carbon deposits and the issues that they can cause. All right, maybe we should, maybe we should, I should ask you that question. Have you considered carbon as a source and possibly a cause? Yes, sir, I have. Um, I'll tell you, I've done OEM plugs and wires. Okay. Um, didn't really change anything. Misfires and fuel trims, I am pretty versed in that. I have a little all-tail dongle. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to kind of be quick because I know we're at the end of your show here. I do sometimes, the truck just idles rough occasionally, and it will count a few misfires on just random cylinders. Uh, when it does that, but I'm not sure if that's related or not. Right, or just carbon age. deposits. Yeah. Um, the truck does. These trucks seem to suck a lot of oil through the PCV lines. Yep, they do. And um, I noticed that because I cleaned the throttle body and I saw oil in the intake, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know. Right. And uh, so I did put a little separator on it, and I get about a teaspoon of oil every hundred miles or so that it's collecting. I kind of thought maybe I read somewhere that oil can, you know, reduce the octane. Well, the, the big well the bigger problem is is the is the truck using oil, Joe? Are you no. are, are you adding between changes? Nope. Okay. As long as it's not consuming oil, because then oil in a combustion chamber will make carbon. Let's do let's do two things. All right. Humor, humor the old guy. Let's go out. You have an O'Reilly Auto Parts near you. Yep. All right. Let's get over to O'Reilly and O'Reilly Auto Parts, and let's pick up a can of Berryman Fuel System Cleaner. All right. Let's let's start with that. All right. Let's let's talk a little bit about you know carbon deposits, two hundred thousand plus miles. You know carbon buildup on the valves, causing an intermittent misfire, sticky valve, that type of thing. Berryman Fuel Systems, I believe it's Berryman's.com or BerrymanFuelSystems.com. Um, I don't remember the website off the top of my head, but good stuff. You can get it at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let's let's do that. Do you have a source for GM service information? Uh, just Google. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know what? Send me an email, ron okay. at cardoctorshow.com, because there's a piece of service information from GM, and this one's going to kind of blow your mind that describes what you're talking about. Poor acceleration from a stop sign and or detonation in gear, right? That's kind of what you've got? Not poor acceleration. The truck runs good. Well, it's, I'll it's, look at it. It's and or, all right? Okay. So it's, it's, okay. One, it's, you know, it could be both. It could be one or the other. And what they talk about is problems in the automatic transmission affecting how the engine is operating. And you know if if you know what's that old saying if you if you eliminate the obvious the only thing left is the solution, so yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just trying to get through it one step at a time. If you've done the plugs and wires, and if we're going to say well it's not carbon, and obviously there's there's no timing to adjust here, um, we've got to start to think outside the box. So 
there's 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 a process. I ran into this once about a year ago, and the document did help me fix that vehicle. All right. And I'm okay, not, I had uh, one quick question about the Berrymans. Go ahead. Um, I've I've heard you talking about it, and I did a little research. Is there any problem? Because this truck, I might only use ten gallons in two weeks because it sits at home mostly, just kind of my weekend truck. Is there any problem with that sitting in the tank for that long? I don't through plastic I, I, or anything. No, I don't. I don't see that as an issue. I, I, okay. if it is, I don't think they could sell it. To be honest with you, Joe. Um, okay. Because you, just you, because I've tried all the other kinds of, I've ran, uh, I've ran sea foam through the truck. I've run the Chevron because supposedly that has the best this PEA right. stuff, whatever. Nothing really seems to help, but right. I'll try the Berrymans. You know, as, it can't might, hurt anything. Might as well try one more, right? It, it, yeah. it, it really can hurt. But, you know, I, I think you may have two problems, which is my other part of this conversation. Um, you know, you may have two problems in that if you're sitting there and it starts to chuggle and run rough, you might have carbon deposits, you might have a sticky or problem injector, and then you've got this mm-hmm. detonation, which is a separate issue unto itself. So, gotcha, yeah. you know. I'm, and I hate to throw a wrench into the conversation. You know how people do that? They give you this last little bit of information and uh-oh. you get mad at them. Uh-oh. Um, this, my stepdad had a tuner, like a Diablo tuner on it. And um, I always wondered if that thing kind of messed the computer up. But we got from Diablo what was supposedly the stock tune. Put it back in the truck and made absolutely no difference. Well, let me ask you, you this. you think... Now, okay, well, ahead. I was going to say, do you think, do you think that you really got back the stock tune? Did it make a difference? I don't know. Yeah. Did, did it make yeah. a difference in how the truck ran? It didn't do anything different at all. So then, I've got to wonder: Do you have the stock tune in there, or do you have the performance tune in there? And yeah. So and even with the performance tune, it's supposed to be ninety-one, and I'm right. running ninety-three. I can even put octane boost in there. And it's still well. Then here, wait a minute. How about this, Joe? It, do you still have the mm-hmm. Diablo tuner? Oh yeah. Okay, so you're supposed to be able to dial those back. You're supposed to be able to make those what you want. Yeah. If yeah. if you make that Diablo tune run on eighty seven, no difference. Yeah, no difference. Then then you've got a problem with the truck. Okay. Yeah, that's why I called. I was thinking, should I take it into GM and have them put back the latest and greatest tune for that truck? Like, did somehow this tuner overwrite and screw up the timing nah, I didn't know. no and, and i don't see not it. likely okay I, I don't see that however in all fairness you're trying to solve a problem you know for every time we add a piece of something to a problem we now increase the circumference of, of, of the yeah. circle of solutions so yeah i would like to start by working with a stock tune or at least change the tune you know, I had a call the first hour today about a fellow from Hawaii with a problem in a Corvette and door jam uh, courtesy lights coming on. They weren't working from the left side, but they were working from the right, and he was doing a series of tests. And my suggestion was what you're doing to the left and seeing how the system responds, do it from the right. Let's see what kind of information can we gain by seeing how the system works when it's allegedly correct and, and solid. So same thing to you. If you can put the stock tune back in easily enough – Put the stock tune back in. The fact that putting a Diablo tune in at 87 made no difference tells me it's not with the Diablo tune. 
tells me that the problem is within the vehicle, and then we got to go through the diagnosis the way we're talking about it, one piece at a time. Don't forget, Joe, send me an email, Ron, at cardoctorshow.com. I'll send you down a copy of that internal GM document about pinging and uh, detonation from acceleration. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor at 855-560-9900. By the way, you know, as... Um, as we were just talking to Joe in Tallahassee, if anybody else, you got a car problem, I can't say I answer every email. I try. Um, it might be a point of contact to bring you up here on, on screen, on, on stage, on the national audience level and uh, talk to you about your car problem that way. But you can send an email to ron at cardoctorshow.com, and um, we'll put you in the queue. And uh, the whole idea is to get you up here on phone so that as we talk about your car problem, Others learn from it, and that's what this radio show is about because, you know, you can't always feed everybody. You have to teach a man to fish, as the uh, Bible sometimes says, always says. Let's, uh, how'd you like that? Hey, hey boys, was that smooth, huh? Kind of little biblical terms. So I know. I love you guys, too. They're, they're, they're killing me today, folks. Let's go and talk to Alex in Iowa, 07 Honda Odyssey, 105,000 miles on it, just broken in, and wants to service the cooling system. Alex, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. How can I help? Yes, yeah, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome, sir. Um, like, yeah, like you said, we just got the vehicle, so I don't have any records as to what's been done. Um, so I thought a coolant flush and even a transmission flush would be appropriate. And, of course, the Honda manual calls for Type 2 Honda-specific fluid uh, for the coolant. And I did some Google search, and I got about every answer you could imagine. Right. And so I thought, well, I'll call the car doctor and see what he said. I think the easy answer is, do you have an O'Reilly Auto Parts by you? Yes, I do. Okay. So just get down there and ask him, tell me you want Honda-specific coolant. You know, in the shop, I stock uh, 11 different kinds of coolant, and Honda, Honda Blue is one of them. Um, in, in all likelihood, this is going to be Honda Blue. Somewhere around model year 2010, 2011, Honda came out with different coolant for some of the other model vehicles they have. It's actually a 10-year rated coolant. That should be 5-year rated coolant, and Honda Blue is what I believe it to be. That being said, as I, and I like the multi-coolant coolants. You know, the Prestones and, you know, the, as long as it's a name brand, again, it's like buying oil. You're buying engineering. But O'Reilly will have, O'Reilly Auto Parts will have what works. They'll they'll tell you, yes, this works for that vehicle, which is one of the nice things. They're one of the few parts stores left, parts houses left that I have faith in that will actually guide you to the right thing. Um, the guy wasn't flipping hamburgers yesterday and standing behind the parts counter today. Uh, so, you know, important. It doesn't have to be Honda. There are more than a few manufacturers out there making Honda-specific coolant. I think, regardless, though, Alex, you know, the best answer I can give you is it's going to be—it's not going to be cheap. The Honda stuff tends to run a bit of money, and I think that's probably because that Honda, in their infinite wisdom, to make sure that you quote unquote use something proper with correct ingredients, only licenses. It's all about the money, right, brother? It comes back to that. Um, yeah. it, you know, it, it's, it's, you're going to use the correct ingredients so as not to hurt the vehicle. So, but you, you know, you, you'll, you'll do it once and it'll be good for four or five years and then you'll do it again if you still have the car. Um, trans fluid, uh, I wouldn't do a flush. I'd do a drain and fill. I would also be very careful to look and see what the condition of the fluid is before I do it. 
and make sure when you're checking level on that trans, you're doing it correctly. If memory serves correct, it should be warmed up and shut off. All right. Now, some of them, they're warmed up and neutral. Some of them, they're warmed up and off. And I believe that's a warmed up and off check on that vehicle. But just make sure you follow a specific procedure. You can find it in the owner's manual or service information. And I wouldn't do a flush. I would just do a drain and fill. It'll take about three and a half, maybe four quarts of fluid. And again, Honda-specific fluid. Idumetsu will make trans fluid for that. O'Reilly Auto Parts should have that as well. Idumetsu. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. I had a service, a differential on a 2013 pilot this week. And without thinking, I ordered it from Honda. It showed up. I flipped the bottle around down at the bottom. Manufactured by manufactured for Honda by Idumetsu. So, you know, um, once again, the OEs are not making everything. I don't think they're making anything anymore. They're just subbing it out to various companies. And those companies, you know, some of them let us know and some of them don't. We have to kind of find it along the way. It's like being a detective. So, but I would, I would definitely do a, uh, definitely do a trans service as well. Now, are you going to do a flush on the coolant? Or, and by flush, I mean an exchange, or are you just going to drain the radiator? Uh, well... Uh, I was going to take it to a shop and they do a, a yeah. back flush yeah. rather than just a drain. It's 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 not so much important to back flush per se. I'll tell you the weak link in that car, Alex, and then I'm going to go, is the heater cores are the weak link there. They sit low in the system and they tend to build up scale. So if you wanted to flush anything, what I would end up doing is I would disconnect the two hoses, and it's a pain. It's down low. I would disconnect the two hoses going into the heater core down at the bottom of the firewall on the dry, on the engine side, and I would set up my hoses there, back flush the core, you know, flush the core both ways, back flush, forward flush, and then I would hook it up and do a coolant system exchange using an exchanger and just replace all the old stuff with new. So, um, you know, that's the proper way to do that. But the heater cores are the weak link there. They tend to, uh, as they get older, they tend to build up scale and and, uh, crud. So that would be the proper way to do it. Go ahead, give them a shout. And like I said, O'Reilly Auto Parts should have what you need. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's cruising back right after this. Welcome back. Why don't I name the Car Doctor a quick piece of email before we go away this hour. And by the way, thanks for sticking around. For this hour, and if you're here with us for the first hour today, we appreciate it. We, we know, you know, all nonsense aside, I know how every, busy everybody's life is, and the fact that you take an hour or two hours or whatever it is you take to be with us, whether it's 15 minutes or the whole show, um, I'm glad to have you here. And, you know, at least when my head hits the pillow at night, I know that I got somebody to listen to something trying to make their car better. Um, it's important to me. Hey, Ron, looking to buy a Toyota Avalon between 2008-2009. I found two of them in very good condition. One has 115000 and the other has 83000 Never having neither one ever having trans maintenance done. I'm assuming if I go with the lower mileage and service the fluid, I'll be okay. If the car is over 100 am I taking a big chance changing it after that? Thanks, Glenn. Uh, y- you know what, Glenn? I think it's a matter of not just trans fluid, but what kind of shape is the rest of the car in? And I think we got to look at all the maintenance. You know, I would be more concerned or just as concerned about oil change maintenance, what's been done, what hasn't been done. Uh, you know, at that stage of the game, uh, the damage is done. You know, the bad ha- the bad patterns have been learned and the bad habits are going to come home to roots. So, yes, and I would be very aware of that as well as changing trans fluid. And for the record, um, I would clearly want to change trans fluid uh, regardless 
of what the uh, um, mileage is. Just um, I kind of want to know when something's going to fail, and I think doing it now and letting you keep an eye on it, that's just my opinion. I think you're better off, but uh, look the whole car over. Don't just think solely about the trans. I'm Ron Annie, the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. 